This is Pastor Angela, and I just wanted to drop in and welcome you to Relate's podcast. I know that you're going to be filled with faith and encouraged for your week. We love you, and we're praying for you. Even deeper, and so if you're one of those people that doesn't like to get your toes stepped on, you'll just want to curl up your toes and pull them back, because we're going to... We're going to be stepping on toes just a little bit, but not, not, not in a painful kind of way. Also, can we just give it up for everybody watching online right now? Let them know we love you. We care about you. Y'all give it up. Whether we're in person or online, guys, we care about you. We love you. We know that there's a distance between us, but really the distance is so short compared to how much we care about each other, how much we love you guys. Uh, before we go any further, I just want to say a special thank you from my family, um, to you guys. I've, I, I tell you guys this all the time, that since we started, we're approaching our third year anniversary. I'm so excited about that. But since even before day one, before we were officially started, I, Angela and I, we literally spend hours and hours and hours every single day. We don't just work on Relay one day. You guys, like we think about you probably more than anything else in our lives uh, that, that may or may not be a healthy thing, I don't know, but we think about you, and we dream about you, we dream about how can we make the church better, how can we make the experience better for you, because we love you, we love spending time with you, we never, we don't avoid spending time with you, we actually try to figure out how can we do more with you, because guys, you mean so much to us, and in the last week, actually the last five days, you know that uh, Bishop Holly wasn't just our overseer. He wasn't just someone that's been our biggest supporter since we started, but he also is my father-in-law, uh, my wife's father, and so my kid's grandfather. So losing someone that you care about is never easy. This week I heard, uh, I heard the words that... Uh, it's never easy to do hard things, and this has been one of the hardest things that we've had to go through, but you guys have, have been like blowing our minds with how much you care about us and how much you're just pouring out love to it. Like we open up our front door, and there's just like all these goodies, and some of you guys forget that we're trying to fast and that we're trying to, <laughs> but I understand, <laughs> and we're... we're we're just so blessed. Flowers, and not just from me and Angela and the kids, but also from, uh, from Pastor Gayla. She is, she is planning to be with us next week, but we're just so blessed to have a family that cares about each other. I see you guys loving each other when, when there's loss here or there, just helping to, to, to grab someone by the hand, and this week we have truly felt that. So thank you from my family, and um, Thank you to everybody watching online. I, I, there are some of you guys, I don't know, you're like ninjas. I don't, we never see you, but then you're staying at home. You don't, we don't ever come in contact with you, and then boom, there's something at the front door. And we even have a camera on our front door with the ring door, but I'm like, how did that get there? Never saw them. <laughs> it detects movement, so I, I'm not sure how that works, but... We're going to jump right into the second of the Fresh Start series. Last week, it's the, the idea that if you, like the main theme in the Bible is a fresh start. It's not in those words, but the idea that you can start over, that God gives us the opportunity for a new life, to begin again, for the old to pass away and the new to begin. 
That's, that's the main theme. I want to show you, uh, last week we were mainly in the book of Isaiah, and we looked at how God told his people, look, remember who you are. This is the kind of thing we do. We go through hard stuff, and we come out the other side blessed, and that's who I am. That's what he told the people. This week I want us to look at just two verses to start off, and if you're taking notes today, you'll want to get ready, because I got a lot of scriptures for you. You're going to be able to write down a lot of things, and um, we're going to start with another prophetic book in the book of Joel chapter 2 verse 12. He says, even now, declares the Lord, return to me with all your heart. Now, I'm just going to stop right there. I always feel like when I get it, when we start getting into the verses, I want to stop at like every word and talk about it before we move on. But we're not going to do that today. But I do want to stop here and point this out. He says, return to me, like right now in this moment, return to me with all your heart. To, to me, that's what 21 days of prayer is. Why? Because we, we can live life. There may have been a moment in your past where you felt close to God. You were engaged and you felt the presence of God in your life. Like, I'm closer than I've ever been. What happens to all of us? I don't care who you are. What happens to us is that we can be at this place in God. We're at the right place. And then life happens. Struggle comes, pandemic, the economy, politics, social issues. And what happens? That place that we were in, we kind of drift away. We're, we're paying attention to this and that, and then we're, we're looking over here, and then we're looking over here, and then we get pushed back by life, and then all of a sudden we realize that, wait, I'm supposed to be over there. Even now, declares the Lord, return to me with all your heart. Like, come back to that relationship. That's what 21 days of prayer is. It's not just, well, i got to read my Bible so much, and i got to pray so many minutes of the day or minutes of the hour or eat certain things. It's not about that. It's about making a movement in your life where you're moving closer to God. If you don't know this, and I, I, I don't want to take a lot of time on this, but you have a battle going on inside of you between the spirit and the flesh. Why are we talking about fasting? Why does it even matter if I don't drink Coke or if I don't watch this on TV or if I get rid of Netflix? What, what does that have to do with this? Because that battle between your spirit and your flesh, only one of them can win. And as long as you're feeding the flesh with Netflix and sodas and candy and cakes and you're, you're feeding those things, your spirit just sits back and says, I'm hungry too. And so returning, he says, return to me with all your heart with fasting and weeping and mourning. That's why when Megan said earlier, how many of you guys are excited about 21 days of prayer? All you liars started cheering like you were excited for 21 days of prayer and fasting. It's hard, y'all. It's hard to fast and pray. He says, with fasting and weeping and mourning, because it means I have to say no to the things that make me feel good. Like, I like to sit back with some Oreos and a soda and a TV show. <laughs> but when you have to put those things away with fasting, now you're weeping and mourning because this doesn't feel good. But I got to get back to God. He says, what happens when we do that? Watch this. The Lord says, I will give you back what you lost. He says, you make your way back to me. 
take away the things that aren't supposed to be there, put back the things I said were supposed to be there, get rid of all those other voices, the things you've been following, the distractions, and I'll give you back what you lost. That's what this year is about. Making this year the best year we've ever lived, not because the economy's the best it's ever been, not because the, 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 the political climate of the United States or the world has changed for the better or the worse, or not because local politics, you might think they're on the rise or the, your personal bank account is up. You could look at all those circumstances, but the best year of your life doesn't depend on those things. The best year of your life depends on you getting closer to God than you've ever been and it being the best spiritual year of your life. So last week, the cost of a fresh start is letting go of the bad. Why? Because the good cannot begin until the bad ends. Until the bad, there's an end, and then you can start the good. So if you want to get to your best life, you need to leave some of the things that you've been carrying behind. This week as I was getting ready for this message, I thought uh, of a story a, a, a few years back Actually, it's been a couple years since we went to one of our favorite events, and we don't go every year, but we go when we can, and how many of you guys have ever been to the Houston Livestock Show and Rodeo? Even if you don't like, like, cowboy stuff, I never wear cowboy boots, although I wouldn't be opposed to wearing cowboy boots. I just have never, that's just not my footwear. Somebody told me that's the only manly footwear, but I don't have that personal experience. <laughs> The Houston Livestock Show and Rodeo is just so many people, and there's so many good things to eat, which we don't have time to go into, and I don't want to make your mouth water while we're in the middle of this moment right now. <laughs> but one of my favorite things about that, that event is that you can go, this is really terrible to talk about during a fast, and you can buy a turkey leg that's like the size of your arm. It's like... $10, I don't know, $20, $50, I don't care what it costs, just give me one of those. And it's dripping down your arm and all over your shirt. You just don't care because it's amazing. And you can walk around and just feel like a, a caveman, right? Some of you hate that. I love that. That, <laughs> that is the, one of the, <laughs> the best moments of the year is the first bite into that turkey leg. Now, one year, I wasn't experienced, and we went and I said, to Angela, I've got to get a turkey leg before we go into the stadium. And so I ran, and I paid whatever they wanted for that giant turkey leg. And I got in line, and we had to hurry up and get inside the stadium. And the guy at the gate, before you walk into the stadium, what does he say? You can't bring that in here. <laughs> and so me on the side of the line trying to eat this turkey leg as fast as I can without losing too much space in the line before I have to just throw the whole thing away. So my mouth is full of turkey. I'm drinking my soda because I know I can't bring it in with me, right? There are some things in your life that you want to go somewhere. God's saying, come on, let's go. And you're saying, I want to go there. There's some things that you can't take through that line. And you think I can't leave it behind. If you want to get to, to your best life, the life that God designed you to live, you need to leave some things behind. There are some parts of you, listen to me, hear me when I say this, that there are some parts of you that won't make it into the next version of you. There are some parts of you that they're not going to be included in version 2.0. But you think that 
you can't live without that thing, or there, you can't lay it down, or I tried before. That's, the, that's usually the biggest thing. I already tried to get rid of that, and I can't, I, I can't physically do it, Pastor Sean. Here's some common lies we tell ourselves. Because here's the biggest thing. It's not the thing you can't live without. It's the lie you can't live without. So if you hear anything else I say today, in fact, the title of my message is Fresh Start Number Two, Let's Leave the Lies Behind. Not the thing, because all day long I'm going to talk about some things. Don't get stuck on the thing. It's the lie behind the thing. You got to figure out how to, it's almost like the Wizard of Oz. There's this thing, but then there's behind the curtain. Today, some of you guys need, when I talk about going deeper, you need to go deeper. Let's look behind the curtain. Just peek back there. Some of you say, I don't want to know what's behind the curtain. I'm good. You need to look behind the curtain. Because the thing that's behind the curtain is controlling what's in front of the curtain. And that thing's controlling you. Skip the thing. Common lies that we tell ourselves are, it might be, you know what, I've, I've kind of always been a failure. That's just who I am. I've always been overweight. I've always been toxic. I've always been uh, alone. That, one, that one's pretty big. I'm just, I'm just alone. That's never going to change. Nobody likes me. Nobody wants to be around. I'm not worth it. I'm useless. Or how about this? There's, I've always been broken. That's not going to change. I've learned to live with it. How about I've always been addicted? That's just, that's the way I grew up. I, that's like, I love the idea of people getting free. In fact, I've been a part of uh, church programs and uh, Celebrate Recovery and AA and uh, narcotics. Listen, there, the, the part of that that I despise is the fact that once you're an addict, you're always an addict. The idea that you can never be free. Because that's not what I read in the Bible. That's not what God says to me, that I can be free. That he created me to be free. To set me free from those things. So don't believe the lie. That I have to be held, or that you have to be held by that lie. There's some things you got to get rid of, and it's the, it's the lie that's the problem. So... Let's fight for 2021, not just to be the, the greatest year that we've ever lived. Regardless of circumstances, regardless of what the headline is on the news, we're going to live a life and live a year that is God's year. The year that, the day that the Lord has made, the year of our Lord's favor. So we're going to look behind the curtain with 2 Corinthians. I love this verse and I love what it it. It challenges us to realize that life's more than just what we see. Watch this. 2 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 3. I told y'all we were going deeper. Just elbow your neighbor real hard and tell him we're going deeper. Not too hard. <laughs> it says, for though we live in the world, right? Everybody with me. We live in the world. The things we see, that's in front of the curtain. That's the world. You see it. I see it. We're living it. We do not wage war as the world does. It doesn't say, if we go to war, it will look like this. No. You have maybe never considered that the kingdom of a God is, there are, we, we are at war. 
I told you earlier that your spirit is fighting with your flesh, but also the war that's going on around us is for the souls of men. There, there, there's something going on behind the scenes of everything that we see, and this is not a conspiracy theory. This is not, hey, you know what I heard? I heard a lot of that this week. Like I get phone calls of people saying, have you heard what's going on in Washington? <laughs> have you heard what's going on with so-and-so? Have you heard what's going on with Twitter and Facebook and you name it? I've turned all that off this week, so I probably haven't heard. It says the weapons we fight with are not weapons of the world. It already said, for though we live in the world, our war is not in the world. Our war is behind the scenes. But the weapons we fight with, they're not, they're also behind the scenes. It says, on the contrary, they have divine power to demolish strongholds. Everybody say the word strongholds. There we go. Divine power to demolish strongholds. Now, you might be just perfect with 99 out of 100 things in your life. You're living a good life. You think, well, I wouldn't want to change 99 out of 100 things. But there's that one thing that you've tried to change it. You've tried to fight. You've tried to give it to God. You've tried to pray past it. And maybe it's two things. Maybe, the, maybe there's some things that you can't. It, it's got you. If, if you. if I said, hey, anybody need prayer for something? It'd be that one thing that you, you just you need prayer for it. You, you, you want to give it to God. It might be a relationship, it might be an emotional thing or a health thing, or it might be, like I said before, an addiction or habit. It might be spending. It might be the things that you look at in this world that you can't not look at them. The lusts, the Bible calls them the lusts of the flesh. The things that, man, i got to have that thing, that stuff right there. That's what I like. It might be different for every single person in the room. The thoughts that run through our head. Let me, let me tell you a little secret. Sometimes we talk about the devil, right? Everybody gets nervous because, hey, he's the devil and he's scary, right? When we think about scary things, you know what we think about? If I say the devil, you, ought to, you get this picture in your head of like horror movie and all of a sudden it just got dark. There's that weird, like that weird monster sound, right? And we, we feel those feelings, and it's like werewolves and vampires and ghosts, and maybe your kind of horror movie is not that. Maybe it's a shark or like a weird puppet that like runs around the room and sneaks out from underneath, the, or a clown, right? Or maybe just a balloon. Those are, the, those are the weird things that when I say the devil, like you just think of eerie, gross, haunted house things. I'm going to tell you a secret right now that the devil doesn't need to haunt your house to get you. All he's got to do is serve up a little lie on a plate and you will eat it up. It don't have to be weird or eerie or with a weird soundtrack in the background of somebody's coming with a knife. He don't have to do any of that. All he's got to do is tell you a lie. You'll eat it up and your life is in his hands. And now you got a stronghold going on because you took the lie. You love the lie. In fact, the first lie that we see in the Bible is when the serpent tells Eve, did God really say that you shouldn't eat this fruit? But then if you read on, it says that she saw that the fruit was good to eat. 
Like she, she wanted to eat it. She loved it. I bet she relished every minute of it. But then she was hooked. Then all of a sudden, she didn't get what she thought she was going to get. And she was, uh, she was living in death. Watch this. The verse goes on. It says, we demolish. I, w- I want you to pay attention to where the fight takes place. We demolish arguments. Where does that take place? Right here. Right here in your head. And every pretension. What is a pretension? That's, that's something that's pretending or lying about what it is to be something else. Every pretension that sets itself up against the knowledge of God. That's like when the, when the, when the serpent told Eve, did God really say that's a pretension? That's an argument that made Eve Stop going God's way, and she thought about it for a minute. The battle happened right in her head. Hmm, you know what? You're right. And just by the way, the bait of that trap was not eerie and cobwebs and weird music when the serpent came out of the tree. He said, you know what? You would be more godly if you, if you ate this fruit. The, enti- the enticement was a godly thing. You'll be more like God if you eat this fruit. In fact, he don't want you to be that like him. We demolish arguments and every pretension that sets itself up against the knowledge of God, and we take captive every what? Right here. (laughs) Every thought to make it obedient to Christ. I told you I was going to start diving deeper. We got to go deeper. So what's that stronghold look like? What, it, what does that lie look like? The, the definition in the, in the Bible concordance is a prisoner locked by deception. That's a stronghold. That's like imagine a prison that you take the lie and boom, the door slams behind you. Living life by something that's not true. You think you're not in prison. You think I could do whatever I want. I'm free to make any decision I want. And actually, that's what the, that's the lie the devil tells you. If you just do what you want, you can be just like God. You can be free. You can be as good as God. And the moment you take that bite, the door slams behind you and you're trapped. And you're trapped. The problem with the trap is that the trap itself is a lie. In fact, if you want to get out, you can get out. But we think part of the lie is that now I can't get out. I'm stuck. I've tried to get out. I've tried to put this thing down. I've tried to not do this, not think this, not go this place, not talk to this person. I've tried. I've tried, Pastor Sean. That's part of the lie, that you can't get out. But you can. You can be free just like I can be free. But once we start to believe the lie, we never, ever forget it. How many of you ever heard the the statement, an elephant never forgets. <laughs> I read this story this week that an elephant that was in uh, an elephant sanctuary in Tennessee, it was living there. Jenny was the name of the elephant. They brought another elephant in, and um, the, the second elephant's name was Shirley, and as soon as the elephant came in, they noticed these elephants were acting weird. Now, the, the handlers and the trainers, they know, they recognize the way that elephants greet each other, and they have this whole uh, routine that they go to, to, to learn who they are, figure out who's in charge, figure out all the, 
the, the ways that animals act. But when, the, when Shirley came in, her and Jenny, it's like they were old friends. They were like making uh, love noises, that they were old friends, but they knew that they had never seen each other. And one of the handlers thought it was so odd that this does not happen. They went back and searched and found out that 23 years earlier that those two elephants had both been in the Carson and Barnes Circus for just a few months together so that they remembered each other when they came back together. But that same memory, you, when, when they're training an elephant, they, they tie a baby's elephant's leg with a chain to a tree, and the elephant knows it can't get away. So that as it grows up, they can put a little, a, just a little rope on there that the elephant can break so easy. But it remembers, I can't break this. I can't get out of this. I'm stuck. I got to stay right here. This is where I'm supposed to be. You and I are the same way. We, we, we get something so stuck in us. We never forget, I can't get out of this. I tried 23 years ago. I tried 15 years ago. I tried it last time we did 21 days of prayer. I couldn't get out. I'm here. This is just me. My leg is stuck. But the real stronghold is the lie that keeps us bound. Beth Moore said it this way, anything that exalts itself in our mind, pretending to be bigger or more powerful than our God. Like that thing, that lie, that stronghold, it's pretending to be bigger than God, and so we think it has more power than God does. Some of you may have heard of Elizabeth Smart at like 15 years old, teenager, she was abducted by a man. She was stolen from her family, and he began to lie to her and say, if you try to escape, he abused her every day, and he said, if you try to escape, I'll kill you, I'll kill everybody that sees you, and I'll go back and I'll kill your family. It didn't take long before he could take her into public. They could go out to eat. They could travel. He would put a, a, a hat and glasses on her to disguise her, but she wouldn't say a word because she believed the lie. In fact, one day, he took her to the library, the public library, and at one point, their table, a police officer walks up to them and, and is looking for Elizabeth Smart, and he says, shows him a picture and says, hey, have y'all seen this girl? And he says, nope, haven't seen her. She doesn't say a word. When she could have had freedom, she believed the lie. She believed that if I, if I say something, if I cry out, all I have to do is cry out. But she believed that he would kill the cop, everybody in the library, and her, and go back and kill her family. When in reality, if she would have just cried out, she could have been rescued. But we believe. In fact, what did the lie, real quick, write this down. This is what, the, this is what a stronghold does to us. It steals our focus. Like it takes our focus where we're trapped here. I can't move from here. It makes this my world and not the destiny that God has for me over there. It causes us to feel controlled, like oppressed. It causes me to feel like I have no options, like I'm stuck between a rock and a hard place. Let me tell you this, that God is the God of the impossible. He does impossible things. So when we look at something and say, I'm, I'm pressed, I'm broken, I'm crushed, I can't ever get out of this, he said, I'm in the business of getting out of that. I'm in the business of breaking you free of those chains, and yet we're content to just stay there because we don't see a way out. It will consume your emotional energy. 
It'll take everything you have and more. It'll distract us from our purpose. It will distract you from what God made you for. It will rob us of abundant life. It'll take the life that God created for you, and it'll give you another one. 2 Timothy 2.26 paints us an amazing picture of the devil's plan for your life. But he says, this is my hope for you, for, for God's people, that they will come to their senses and escape from the trap of the devil. The devil's going to lay a trap for you. He's going to lay a trap for me. We, that they will escape from the trap of the devil who has taken them captive to do his will. Now, God has a will for you. God has a destiny and a purpose that he created you for. But the devil would love to come in and say, did God really say that you were going to do that? Nah, he don't care about you that much. No, he, he can't save you from this. This is way, way bigger than God. He would love to just give you a little lie. It'll put a little parsley on the side so you just think it's the way it goes. That's, this is, I guess this is pretty nice. I don't have anything as good as this. So I challenge you to give God a year. Here's what happens. We tried God for a day. No, it didn't, it didn't work. <laughs> I tried going to church. You know, Pastor Sean, one time I went to church and it didn't work. <laughs> Can I tell you that church is not the answer? Ooh, he said the church wasn't the answer. Church is not the answer. As much as I would love for you to get plugged in to relate, relate's not the answer. We have programs and, and systems and relationships that will help you in life, but the answer is not the church and programs. The answer is a relationship with God because he's the only one that's got the power to break you out of the stronghold. I feel like somebody needs this. Give us a year. Just jump all in and say, okay, God, I'm going to give you a year. If it's not relate, pick another church, but you got to jump in with the body of Christ. It's not about one church. It's about get plugged in to a community, the body of Christ, where other believers, you can all go in the same direction. If you're going to get plugged in here, which I would love, go to Growth Track. You can do it online. If you're sitting at home right now, you think, well, I, well, maybe when I can go back to church, you're at church. You can do Growth Track online. You can join a small group online. You can join and build relationships. And every time we have an, uh, an event or an outreach or a program, just get into it. And what will happen is in six months, eight months, you won't even recognize yourself. Why? Because your thoughts will start to change. You won't be thinking about the same things. You're thinking about different things. There's one small group, guys, I'm just going to give a shameless plug. Small groups start in just a couple weeks, the first week of February. And if you have not been through the, the small group called Freedom, I would love, I don't care what kind of small group you do, but that's the one small group I want everybody to go through. Before COVID happened, there was like 185 people signed into small groups. My hope is that I wish we could have 185 people signed into Freedom. Because freedom is amazing. It's like a systematic, step-by-step, -step, I'm going to clean my life. I'm going to let God work on me. It's not easy. Luke chapter 11, 
Jesus tells a little story that speaks right to this situation. And he, he, it's, it's a parable where he, he's telling a story, but watch, how, watch the parallel here. When a strong man armed to the teeth, imagine that, a strong man armed to the teeth stands guard at his front yard. His property is safe and sound. That's like the enemy standing guard over you. You're his property if you become caught in his trap and you're, you're living for his will instead of God's will. You might be a Christian going to heaven, but you've got this thing in your life that is, that is it's like you have a, a, a chain on your arm or your leg. You just can't get away from it. But what if a stronger man comes? What if a stronger man comes along with superior weapons? Then he's beaten at his own game. That's when God steps into your life and says, uh, hey, that's my property. The arsenal that gave him such confidence is hauled off and his precious possessions are plundered. God steps into your life and says, nah, this person belongs to me. You're not going to keep them held. So real quick, I've got about six minutes to give you three points. Get ready to write them down. Number one, I've got to take back my thought life. Like the things I'm thinking about, the things that my mind is focused on, that's why we're fasting. Because turning, stop, stop feeding the flesh, it's, it's getting stronger and stronger. If you stop feeding the flesh and start feeding your spirit, then your spirit's able to stand up and say, I don't need that. Maybe you need to take a fast. We're seven days in. You still got 14 days to make a difference. Maybe it's a full fast for a day or for a week where you're just drinking water or just doing liquid. Maybe it's fasting media. Turn off Netflix. Turn off social media. Maybe you need to take a fast from your phone. Well, I just can't be without my phone. That's ridiculous. Maybe it's a partial fast where you're only eating certain things or only eating at certain times. You know a traditional Jewish fast? This works for people, especially if, you're, if you do a physical job and you, you can't not eat because you need calories so that you can go and work and lift and move and not pass out while you're working. A traditional Jewish fast, you're fasting from sunup to sundown. Now at sundown, whatever time that happens to be, 6 o'clock, you might go and pick out. I don't know. That's not, the, that's not the point. The point is that you're making, you're curbing the appetite of your flesh and saying, my flesh is not going to rule me. My spirit is in charge. In fact, Romans chapter 8 verse 5 says this, those who are dominated by the sinful nature, think about sinful things. If we're dominated by the sinful nature, But those who are controlled by the Holy Spirit, they think about things that please the Spirit. You know what you think about all day long. You can, you can weigh it out. Well, you know, you don't have to tell me what you think about all day long. But if, if the balance of your thoughts is dominated by sinful, sinful things, then you, got, you need to... nature controls your mind there is death death in your marriage death in your finances death in your relationships death in your thoughts but if the holy spirit controls your mind there is life 
and there is peace. In Romans chapter 12, we skip ahead a couple of chapters. He says, don't copy the behaviors and customs of this world, but let God transform you. And plenty of you would say, yep, I'm ready for God to transform me. God, can you just transform my bank account by a couple of zeros, add a couple of zeros at the end? God, could you just, you know, transform my house? I just need like a couple more thousand square feet. <laughs> could you just make me one of those people? Just transform me. Send me around the world. In fact, God, if while you're at, you just give me a jet. I just want a jet that holds about 20 people. You know, so I could just jump on any and all the fuel too. I need some fuel and a pilot and insurance and <laughs> like we think about transformation, but God says I don't want to transform you like that. I'm not saying He won't, but what He does want to transform, He says, but let God transform you into a new person by changing what the way you think. Your whole life can change but it starts right here. Write this down. I'll never change my life until I change the way. About the spirit and thinking about the things of the spirit. Number two, identify the lie. Like we know what the lie he told Eve was, but what's the lie that you believed? There's a stronghold, an area that the, that the devil has lied to you and you took the lie. There's some things you need to see differently so that you can think differently. But the devil's going to keep lying. John 8 says, when, when the devil lies, he speaks his native language. For he is a liar and the father of lies. He's going to keep lying to you. In fact, he's going to keep lying about the lies. Like when we lie and then we have to lie a little bit more just to keep the lie going, the devil just keeps lying and he's good at it. This week, on top of all of the losses, right? There, there's so many things happening in my life. We, on Monday morning, uh, Monday afternoon, Jake calls me. He says, uh, Dad, my, car, uh, I'm, my car's broken down. It's steaming and overheating. And I said, okay, well, it should be a simple fix. And the next day, uh, I, I got him all filled up. I thought everything was good. And then again, boom, he's stuck again. So we had to call a mechanic and get it, get it worked on. Thursday, uh, I walked into the house Thursday evening. Boom, my water heater was cracked open. The back, back half of the house is flooded. I thought, what is going on? The devil's in here breaking all my stuff. He broke in here and he broke my water heater. No heat in the house. I said, he did it again. That <laughs> And this whole time I'm thinking and just upset with this equipment. And God, why are you giving me all this broken stuff? I'm trying to pray and I'm trying to fast and all this stuff is going wrong. And I just had to remind myself, that's a lie. God's with me right here in the middle of this. And don't matter, it doesn't matter what comes. It doesn't matter what breaks. I'm going to stay focused on the thing that matters. There are lots of things. And listen, sometimes the devil doesn't want to hurt you and bring you pain to distract you. Sometimes he'll bless you to distract you. Sometimes he'll say, no, nah, I don't need to. 
It doesn't matter if I, if I break something. Maybe I'll just, how about, a, here, you won the lottery. You might say that's a good thing, but it might also be the thing that takes you away from God. When we expose the lie, we defeat the liar. You got to take the lie, recognize it, identify it, and just, this is a lie. You know what the lie is. I, I don't... I don't have to list out everything that the, that the devil's been lying to you about, the things that you, you might have been, you may have built your life on a lie. Some of you need to start over and just say, okay, just pull the rug out, everything falls down and say, God, I'm starting over with you. Because when you build that life, nothing can shake you. Number three, and finally, replace the lie with God's truth. Replace the lie with God's truth. What if Eve would have said, no, no, he didn't say that. No, he, he actually meant this. He said, nope, not, I'm not playing that game. I'm not stepping in that trap. But she kind of wanted the fruit too. <laughs> she, the scripture says that she saw that it was good to eat and she went with it. Nothing is bigger or more powerful than God, and yet that lie will tell you it's bigger than God. It will tell you every time, you can be bigger than God. This thing's bigger than God. God can't help you. Nothing is bigger or more powerful than God. I have a, um, my family, my, my grandfather on my mom's side, he committed suicide whenever he was, 35 years old or so. Midlife. Young man. And I never knew him. His dad. So the next generation male in that side of my family, he also committed suicide. My great-grandfather. It is in me to not commit suicide, but it's in me to be overwhelmed by feelings of, I, you can ask my wife, I, I try to be the glass half full guy where we're going to do this full of faith and I stay charged up believing that God's with us and nothing can stop us, but then it doesn't take a lot for me to just be overwhelmed by anxiety sometimes. Like I've spent my life just thinking, why am I doing this? As a young man, as a teenager, but then those feelings, and your thing might be very different that that's just where I come from. That's the thing that's in me. I'm telling you, that's a lie. That's not the thing that's in me. God put something bigger in me. I don't ever have to feel like that thing's bigger than me. Because what God put in me is bigger than everything else. Greater is he that is in me than he that is in the world. And that thing that's been lying to you and telling you that it's bigger than God and telling you that you can't fight it because it's in your genes and it's where you came from and my mom was that way and I'm going to be that way and my dad was that way and that's how I am and that's how my kids will be. You better stop that lie. And just because it's been something forever doesn't mean it always has to be that way. Some of you have bought into this simple version of Christianity and you're saying, Jesus loves me, this I know. Some of you need to stop, 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 that's a good song, but you need to stop singing that song and say, you know what, no more devil. 
Some of you need to wake up and look behind the curtain and realize that the devil's trying to break you. He's trying to destroy you. And yet you have power to overcome those things. Final verse, Ephesians 6, 10. I know I'm a little bit over time. Finally, be strong in the Lord and in his mighty power. And here we go to war. Put on the full armor of God so that you can take your stand against the devil's schemes. He's going to try to trap you, but what are we going to do? We're going to go to war against him. And he tells us to put on the full armor of God. And every piece of that, most of that armor is defensive. The helmet of salvation, the breastplate of righteousness, the belt of truth, the shoes, the boots, the preparation of the gospel of peace. The shield of faith to defend us against the fiery darts of the, like all of those things. We are in defense, but there's one part. Verse 18, take the sword of the spirit. You got to pick up your Bible. Know what the Bible says. Know what the word of God says, which is the word of God and pray. And you can go on and read the rest, but we're at war. We're fighting a good fight. He doesn't just take he doesn't just say, take the word of God, read the Bible, read the Bible, read the Bible. You need to read the Bible and pray and pray the word of God. In fact, on your way out, the 21 days of prayer, uh, pray first book and the prayer guide. Grab them on your way out. They're tools that can help you. Scriptures to pray. Let's make the, the rest of the time that we have in this 21 days of prayer count. We're going to close right now, but I just want, can you commit in your own heart. I'm not going to ask you to stand up or come forward, but let's just commit to do this the way it's meant to be done. Let's get as close to God as we can in the next 14 days. Would you pray with me? Dear Lord, right now we just commit our lives. We commit our hearts. We commit this time, the next 14 days, to pray and fast and turn down the volume of the world and shut off all those channels that have been distracting and and pulling us this way and that way and bringing us into strongholds. God, I speak to every one of those things, every one of those lies and say, you can't control us anymore. Satan, you have no power here. You have no control over us because we will not believe the lies, but we will follow the truth of the word of God. And we will be who he says we are. I am who he says I am. I'll be who he says I can be. I'll go where he wants me to go. In Jesus' name, God, we're coming, we're returning to you. And Lord, we thank you that you'll bless us as a church and as people. That you will bless Relate Community Church. Everybody who's watching online, God, we're reaching for your presence in our life like never before so that you can change us from the inside out, starting with our thoughts. In Jesus' name, amen. Before we move on, I want to say one more prayer. And that's for every person. Maybe you've never invited Jesus into your life. He paid a price that no one else can pay. He's the reason why we can get out of a stronghold. The reason why we have the promise of freedom is because he went to a cross, was beaten and bruised and died and rose again. He defeated death. He defeated the grave. He defeated brokenness. And he says, I want, I want to give you freedom. And it starts with a relationship with God. And so if you've never invited him into your life to be your savior, to be your Lord, I want to invite you to do that with me right now. If you're sitting at home alone right now and you've never said that prayer, would you say it with me? 
I'm going to invite every single person. Would you just bow your head and close your eyes right where you are so nobody's looking around? And would you just repeat these words after me? Just say them out loud. In fact, everyone can say it out loud so nobody's praying alone. Would you just say these words? Dear Heavenly Father, today I give you my life. I don't want to fight my own fight anymore. But I want you on my side fighting. So come into my life. Fill me with your spirit. Forgive me of my sin. And make me a new creation. Make me brand new. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you for tuning in to our podcast this week. We would love to meet you sometime. You can get all the details at www.relatecommunity.com. Pastor Sean and I are praying for you and we're speaking life over you and we know that your best days are ahead. See you soon.